Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. people in this room that their lives need to slow down we're running past your presence and Lord we need to slow down and so God I'm asking you right now to bring a holy pause upon this congregation God not just within the confines of these walls Lord but even outside for this month Lord we ask you allow us to slow down give us the mindset to pause Lord we want to experience your presence and Lord you commanded us and showed us your example from the very beginning to be in your presence we must stop we must pause we must stop And so God speak to us allow your word this morning to challenge us we pray in Jesus name as you're being seated, I want you to look at somebody next to you, and I just want you to tell them, say, pause. Just pause. Welcome to DCC Sabbath 2015, yeah? Let me see a show of hands. How many of you have never been here for a DCC Sabbath, for a month of Sabbath? Be honest. Raise your hand high. You've never been here. This is good. This is good. Because this is going to be such a unique time for you, such a unique time. Um, it's a very different month for us, very different. Um, we tend to be a pretty casual church on Sundays anyway, but we're even more casual during this month. Uh, I'm not going to be wearing a jacket. I'm not going to be tucking my shirt in. I'm not going to be wearing a tie at all, I promise you. Um, I, I did have a wedding Friday evening, and I had to wear a tie and a suit. And, uh, so I broke the rule already, but if, if that, you know, something were to happen like that, I have to. Um, on Wednesday nights... We give our teachers a break. All of our teachers take a break from teaching. Um, all of our small group Bible studies take a break during this month. Every Wednesday night throughout this month, we will host great opportunities for us to have fun and strengthen our relationships with our church family. One of the things that concerned me going to two services a number of years ago was that you have this, this ability to become two separate churches if you're not careful. Uh, and, and we have to do it. And let me tell you, even after we build, we will continue to do two services because it is convenient for many of you that want to come to an early service. And, and we don't want to take that away from you. Plus, we don't want to build this huge building that, you know, is a monument to us. We want to build something that we can afford. And we can do that if we continue to do two services. And so it's going to be a great month, plenty of opportunities for you to connect with people. Um, Here's what I want you to focus on throughout this month. Now, please, everybody listen to me. This is so important. 
I only want you to work what is necessary for you to keep your job. This is going to be so tough for some of you, but I'm telling you there are testimonies throughout our congregation of men and women that said, okay, I'm going to give this thing a try. And they would only go and work the necessary hours for them to keep their job, whatever they were on the schedule for, and they would refuse to work any overtime. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, I can't afford to do that. If they offer me overtime, I've got to do it. And you're putting your trust in man, and you're not putting your trust in God. And so I want you to only work what's necessary. Try not to work any uh, overtime. Instead, focus on quality time with your family, with your friends, and with God. And, and not necessarily in that order, okay? We have to unplug. Learn to unplug. Put away your cell phone for certain hours during the day. Put it away. Unplug from, from certain things that capture your mind and your attention. And focus on the things that God has put in your life and blessed you with. Amen? Sabbath is a simple reminder that God is able to do far more in our lives with one day of rest than we can do with six days of working. That's what Sabbath is about. It's about trusting God. I, God, I'm going to follow your example. You rested on the seventh day. I'm going to rest on the seventh. And, 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 and we are going to take a month. And Lord, we're just going to focus on letting you be God. And, and we're going to do what we have to. We're going to do what is necessary. But then, God, we're not going to depend on man for a raise. We're not going to depend on man for overtime. What we're going to do is focus on those things that mean so much to us. This is the ninth straight year that we have observed a month of Sabbath corporately as a church. Nine years. This is the ninth year. And, and there are four things that I believe that have made our church successful. The first is this, our focus on relationships. Listen, if you are not a relationship-driven person, you need to become one. This is part of the kingdom of God. It's all in who you know. You can't even be a Christian if you don't know Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it's all in who you know. And so we have to build relationships. We believe around here that the only thing you can take to heaven with you are your relationships. And so we want to focus on our relationships. And that's one of the reasons why God has blessed this church is because of our focus on relationships. The second thing that has happened in our church that I believe God has blessed us for is our heart for missions. I believe that God has blessed this church uh, financially because of our heart for missions. God blesses us because we bless orphans and we bless missionaries. And as long as we continue to do that, God is going to take care of this church. The third thing that God has used to bless this church is our community service. I believe that not only just through our, our free community events that we host, a number of them throughout the year, and, and also our annual serve day, but just the small things that you guys do on a week-to-week -week basis, people want to be a part of something that is bigger than they are. They want to be a part of something that is making a difference. And because of your willingness to serve our community and surrounding communities, people want to be a part of Destiny Community Church. And finally, the fourth thing that I believe God has used to bless our church is our commitment to participate in Sabbath. I believe God has blessed us tremendously because of this. We have a very large volunteer base, way above the norm, way above the average for, for a church our size. And I believe that part of the reason God has blessed us with a wonderful volunteer base is because of our commitment to observe Sabbath. That we take one month out of the year and we just say, let's rest, let's relax, and, and let's just, you know, just, just let God just fill us. And that's what he's going to do this month.
The very first summer of our existence, we observed a corporate rest during the month of July. Now, before somebody, you know, starts tweeting that, you know, the Bible says you have to take the, the month of July off and that kind of stuff, listen to me close. There's not anything in the Bible that suggests taking the month of July off and resting. There's nothing there. There's nothing in the Bible that says you are to take the seventh month and, and only work what you're supposed to work and don't, you know, don't work over. There's nothing in the Bible like that. What happened was as leadership, we recognized that first summer that coming out of vacation Bible school, we were exhausted. We were tired. And so we wanted to give all of our children's leaders off for that month. And we just did some family activities and it worked. By the end of the month, we were rejuvenated. We were ready to roll. We were ready for the fall. And so it is something, it is a practice that we have continued to do throughout the, these, these nine years. And over the past eight years, we have heard 34 different sermons Either I preached it or Pastor Andrew preached it. We have heard 34 different sermons on rest and the importance of observing Sabbath. That's amazing. That's amazing. I can't tell you how many books I have on the topic of Sabbath. Because every time I run across one, I order it or I buy it or something. Because it's hard to get up here every year and teach on the subject of Sabbath and, and let it be new and fresh. And so you've heard, if you've been here around that long or, or, or even close to it, you've heard close to 34 different sermons on that subject. But yet every year at this time, we still need to be reminded. There are people right now that you know, you've heard me preach every one of those sermons. Some of you, you've heard me preach half of those sermons. And you know that you still need to hear God's word on the importance of rest and the importance of, of, of learning to trust God with a day off and stuff like that. And so I'm telling you, I need to be reminded. Right now, where I'm at in my life, I need to be reminded. And that's one of the reasons why I'm taking the month of July off from counseling is because I need to be reminded. Reminded. And here's what I believe. As great as I think that I am sometimes, I believe God is going to do more in your life in one month of me not speaking into your life through counseling. God's going to do some amazing things. It's not about me. It's about a king that we serve that loves you and cares for you. And he is going to pour into your life this month. Don't feel neglected. Feel like God is speaking to you right now. Amen. A young doctor had just opened his new office and he was really excited. And so on the first day of business, he was, he was not very busy. And his secretary came into his office and she said that there was someone there to see him. The young doctor looked back at her and he said, well, just, just tell him to come on in. Pretending to be a very busy doctor, he, he turned his chair around. He picked up his phone just as the man was walking through the door. And he acted like he was having a very important conversation. And so he said into the dead phone, yes. That's right. The fee is $200. Yes, I'll expect you at 10 past 2. All right? No later. I'm a very busy man. Goodbye. He hung up and he turned back to the gentleman that had walked into his office and he said, Sir, what brings you in today? And the man answered, I just came in to install the phone lines. We like to look busy. You know that, right? This is something that's true for all of us. We like to look busy. We think that it impresses everybody else when we look busy. You walk up to somebody, 
and you say, hey, how are you doing? How's life going? Oh, it's busy. And we expect people to be impressed with how busy we are. Our minds have been culturally programmed in such a way that we think that people are actually going to look at us and put us up on a pedestal for the busyness of our lives. Our personal view of success is often determined by how full our calendars are. I know that early on in my career, I believe that my success in ministry was in direct proportion to how busy I stayed. And for years, I operated that way. And as you can guess, my marriage, my family, and my walk with Christ were all suffering. And it took me a few years before I eventually figured this out. If you are so busy that you don't have time for God, family, and your friends, then you don't have a time problem. That's not the problem. You've got plenty of time. Let me really speak into you and just go ahead and offend you. You've got an ego problem is what's wrong with you. If you don't have time for anything and everything and everybody else, if you don't have time for others in your life, you've got an ego problem. And like I did, you grade your success on how much time you invest in the things that demand your time. There's a lot of things that demand your time. It doesn't mean that they need your time. They just demand your time. And unfortunately, things that need your time the most are usually the things that get the, the least of it. Your family. Oftentimes, your family gets the least amount of your time. But your family is what needs your time the most. Please allow me to show you your worst nightmare. You know when you see this right here pop up on your phone, you know that your day just got a little bit worse. It did. It's one of the reasons why I love going to Guatemala. And I'm so thankful I was able to go twice this past year. And one of the reasons why is because my phone doesn't work there. It doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't work. I can even get the international plan and there's still a lot of time that my phone does not work there and I love it. I love disconnecting. That would mess some of you up. It would absolutely ruin your week to think that you had to go without your phone because, because th th this is something right here on this screen that we don't like to see. 10% of the battery remaining, it messes us up because that means that you have about 10 minutes before the battery dies and you are going to face about the longest five minutes of your life until you find a charger to plug it back in because you can't unplug for five minutes. And it messes with you. How do we ever survive without our smartphones? I don't know about you, but my family, we kill more time on our phones than what should be legal. And I use the word phone very loosely because we're not talking on the phone, but we're doing everything else that smartphone will allow us to do, and we're investing way too much time in something like that. Recently, my daughter's phone it started draining the battery very rapidly. And I know the phone's just, it's becoming wore out is what's happening, and, or at least the battery is, and it has become quite frustrating. Frustrating to her because her phone dies, uh, and frustrating for us because we have to listen to her whine about her dying phone. And so it's frustrating around our house. And, and I've been trying to tell her that you can't use something as much as she does and expect it to survive. You can't. I mean, a lot of us in the room, we never turn our phones off. All we do is we let it run all day long. It does all the tasks that we think it should do and we expect more out of it. And then we go and we plug it in and we never turn the thing off. 
Like a low battery on a mobile phone, we too must rest and be recharged in order to accomplish what we were designed to do. And we're trying to defy the odds. We will run ourselves ragged trying to be something in our careers by never mentally leaving the office. We're, we're, we're trying to be successful there. We're trying to make it. And we never mentally walk out, uh, walk out of that office. Physically we may, but mentally we never do. We will run ourselves ragged in our homes by having our children involved in way too many extracurricular activities. Parents, listen to me. You are killing your family jumping from one sport to the next sport to the next sport to the next sport or from one dance to the gymnastics to this that you need to pick some seasonal stuff and you need to stick with it and give your family a break at times because it is not healthy for your family to operate like that time is one commodity that they're not making any more of you don't get any more time you have what you have no more no less you have what is allotted to you and when we don't use it wisely we are killing our time Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 and 16 Paul says look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil Paul warns us he says you need to make the most of the time that has been allotted to you you need to make sure that you're using it wisely and not just killing time you need to make sure that you're investing it properly and so here's a thought that I want, to, I want to stick with you today. Here, if you want to tweet something, throw this one out there. Killing time is not murder, it's suicide. That's what it is. Killing time is not murder, it is suicide. You are killing yourself. There was a time in my life that I was a huge fan of roller coasters. I don't know what's happened, but over the years, it's changed a little bit. Because the last few roller coasters that I, I got off on, I, I realized my equilibrium is not quite what it used to be. But there was a time in my life I loved roller coasters. I mean, I would ride any roller coaster in the world. And, and unfortunately, I still have enough drive in me that there's still times that I will ride any roller coaster when I need to pull back and say, no, no, I won't. But, but I loved riding roller coasters. And when I was about 16 years old, my youth group was at Six Flags in Atlanta, Georgia. Anybody ever been to Six Flags in Atlanta? The rest of you need to live a little bit, man. Quit visiting the mouse every summer. Go to Six Flags, man. Go ride some roller coasters. I was having a blast at, at, at Six Flags because there were so many roller coasters at this amusement park. I mean, they're just everywhere, roller coaster after roller coaster. And I was just having so much fun. I was there with our youth group. Um, and and I, there was this one roller coaster that we all wanted to ride. It was called the Georgia Cyclone. At the time, it was fairly new, and it was, it was just this amazing wooden roller coaster. It was a mirror image of the legendary Coney Island Cyclone. Um, it's, it stood actually 10 feet higher than, the, the, than the, the Coney Island Cyclone, and it stood at 95 feet high. It had a track length of 2,970 feet, and the top speed was 50 miles per hour. It was just an amazing wooden roller coaster. And we stood in line for about 30 minutes to ride the Georgia Cyclone. And, and, and so we got on the ride and we, we rode the ride. And when we came to a stop back in, in the place where we started, I was about to get out of the cart when all of a sudden I heard a familiar voice. And it was my youth pastor's wife. And she says, I have nobody to ride with. Will you ride with me? And I look at the worker and, and, and the Six Flags worker looks at me and went, 
So I just slid over my seat. She got in and off again, back to back rides on the Georgia Cyclone. And so I wrote it again. When we came back to a stop, we go to get out and I hear another voice. I need somebody to ride with me. And it was a girl in our youth group. She wanted me to ride with her. And so I let the youth pastor's wife out. I sit right back down and I'm telling you in, in less than 35 seconds, I'm back on this ride again, back to back to back rides on the Georgia cycle. I, I don't know, it might be a record. I mean, it might, it, it could be in history books for all I know. I could be the only person that's ever rode back to back to back on the Georgia cyclone. It was an amazing experience, but but man, when I got off that ride, I was a mess. Man, I'm not kidding. I did not expect it. I, 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 was, I was shaking and, 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 and my head was spinning. I was stumbling. You'd have thought I was drunk, man. I felt nauseous. I never did throw up. I can hang my hat on that. That's, that's pride right there. But I never did throw up, but I felt like it, man. And I hung out by a trash can for like 30 minutes afterwards. But man, I'm telling you, back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back rides on the Georgia Cyclone will mess you up. And, and I figured this out. There is a reason why most roller coasters only last for about two minutes. And it's because we simply can't take the ad adrenaline surge for much longer than that. You just can't handle it. Physically, your body can't handle it. And the same is true of your mentality and your spirituality. The same thing happens. Your mind and your spirit and even your body cannot take what you put it through sometimes. But yet we continue to try and defy the odds and push ourselves to the limit. Listen to me. When you're not a whole person learning to trust God and observe Sabbath, when, when that's not part of your life, you're cheating your family, you're cheating your spouse, you're cheating your friends, and more importantly than any of that, you're cheating your God because he longs to be a part of your life, and we find that in the rhythms of Sabbath because Sabbath keeps coming around. Now listen, I know we're talking about a month here, but in Scripture, they're talking about it on a weekly basis, that, that once a week you are to find that time to practice Shabbat, to find a moment to, to Sabbath with God. There's nobody on this planet that controls your schedule more than you do. Nobody. Nobody controls it more than you do. And if you are too busy, then I invite you to take this series to heart. Because like it was for me, learning to Shabbat, learning to Sabbath is life-changing. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 11. Don't let it scare you. I know I've been talking for a while and we're just now getting to the text. But I'm, I'm almost done. I just want to kind of set the groundwork for this series. So Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to start reading at verse 28. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ as he speaks into our lives. Listen. And here's what I want you to do. Let him speak directly to you as I read this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. From the beginning of humanity, God has always invited us 
to rest in him at least one day a week. From the very beginning, God worked six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And then humanity forgot about that. And so God once again reminds us as he frees the children of Israel out of bondage and, and, and slavery, as he frees them out of Egypt and he brings them into the desert, and there he establishes them as a nation with their law and, and, and what they would look like, the things that, that would be distinctive to them that would separate them from every other nation on the planet. And in that, he includes the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is something that we as Christians, we're like, man, this is important. And, and, and now we're angry because the Ten Commandments are, are not in our schools anymore. And we're angry because the Ten Commandments are being removed from, from you know, uh, legal and, and, and buildings and government buildings all around. And, and we get upset with that. But yet, when we look at the Ten Commandments, the one that is the most easiest one to break is observing the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath holy. It's the one that so many of us struggle with. We're not going to go out and kill somebody. At least most of us won't. Most of us haven't. Don't raise your hand if you did. We frown upon people who commit adultery, and that's one of the commandments. Nobody likes to be lied to. That's a commandment. No matter how mean your mom and dad are, as they get older, we realize that we are to take care of them and to honor them, and that's a commandment. And so somebody that does that, you know, we're like, good job. You know, that's a good thing. But man, how often do we break Shabbat? How often do we break the commandment of Sabbath? And listen, it's not just about coming to church and worshiping. I believe that's part of it. I believe that's a big part of it. But it's not just about that because there's people that come to church every Sunday and then they walk out of the doors and they don't rest for the rest of the day or they don't observe any time with their family or any time with their God and things like that. And we've got to learn that God requires us to unplug because we are going through life and when we operate seven days a week, like it all depends on us, when we do that, we're basically saying, I'm Lord of my life. And God is a jealous God. And he says, I don't want you to be Lord of your life. I want to be Lord of your life. And so you're going to have to trust me with this day. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to become legalistic about it, okay? The Jews have created so many rules, and I'll talk about some of that later on in this series, but they have created this legalistic environment uh, around the Sabbath, and that's not what this is about either. Because, you know, honestly, I don't think Sabbath is, is just on, on a Sunday, or if you're an Orthodox Jew, it's not just, you know, on a Friday at, at sundown to Saturday at sundown. That's not it. That, that's not what the, the, the mentality of Sabbath is. The spirit behind Sabbath says, just learn to trust in your God and honor him and give him the time that he needs to be your God and, and learn to, to trust him as you rest and you, you become replenished in his presence. That's what Sabbath and Shabbat is all about. So from the very beginning, God has always invited us to rest in him. The thing that's interesting to me about Jesus' words in Matthew 11 that we just read is that all are invited. Everybody. From the greatest Christian example on the planet to the low life. 
all are invited. In verse 28, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened. Listen, the Greek word for burdened is fortizo, which means loaded down. And there's people that walked into this room today and you are absolutely loaded down. The stress of life is just about to take you out. You are loaded down. Spiritually speaking, you are just hunched over carrying this burden on your back. Listen, don't run to work to get away from your burdens. Even if your wife and your kids are driving you insane, work isn't where you're going to find relief. Don't run to the mall to get away from your burdens. There's nothing wrong with going to work. There's nothing wrong with going to the mall. But that's not where you find your relief. Don't run to the gym because you just need to work off some stress. That, that's not where it has to happen. Don't even run to the beach for that. The beach has its place. For you, not for me, I hate the beach. But, but for some of you, it, it has its place. I just don't like it because sand gets in places sand has no business being. But I, I don't need to go. But you may find the beach to be somewhat enjoyable. But, but listen to me, when it comes to laying down your burdens, don't go to the beach for that. Jesus invites all and he says this, come to me. And this is where we miss it. Because we are trying to find rest and relaxation and so many other things that we miss these three important words that Christ says, come to me. You see, true freedom, and I know this is, this is great. It's a great weekend to start this, this series because we're celebrating Independence Day. But let me tell you, true freedom is learning to depend on Him. Because the load is so much lighter when you learn to depend on Him. Acts 17 and 28 says, it's in Him that we live and move and have our being. That means when you learn to put your trust in Him and you learn to come to Him, when you do that, it's in Him that you live, move, and have your being. Everything in life flows out of that. And then he says these words. He says, His yoke is easy. Verse 29, he says, Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for my yoke is easy. The yoke is the, the wooden bar that goes across the back of two oxen. You would use the yoke to attach the oxen to the plow. And Jesus says, listen, there's work to be done in your life. There's things that you have to do. But when you take my yoke upon you, my yoke is easy. It's not heavy. It's not going to stress you out. Now listen, think about your life for a moment. You know how stressful your life is. Some of you walked in here and you're going through the most stressful season of your life. And let me tell you, that is not from Jesus. That is not from God the Father. His yoke is easy is what it says. And then he says his burden is light. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It means he's not the one placing heavy burdens and hardships on you. That's not coming from God. Listen, somebody recently was, was struggling a little bit because of a, a family tragedy. And, and the thing that I want to tell them is, is this. And, and listen, everybody in the room needs to listen to me. This is so important. You want to know why bad things happen to good people? If God is so gracious and so merciful, 
Why does he allow these things to happen? Why is this happening? Why do bad things happen to good people? You need to understand that from the beginning of humanity, whenever we disobey God, we have lived on a cursed planet. And for a season, Satan has dominion over this planet. He does. He does. He doesn't have dominion over a child of God. No, we know that. But we still have to deal with the sicknesses and everything that comes along with being living on a cursed planet. It's not that God doesn't love you. It's that God in Genesis cursed this environment. We live on a cursed planet. And there's things that happen that we may not understand, but it's only for a season because there will be a day when, when he's going to wipe away every tear from every eye and we are going to be living in heaven. And then we will enjoy a new heaven and a new earth. That day is coming. I promise you it's happening. He says, my burden is light. The things that I want to put on your life are not going to weigh you down. My burden is light. Imagine with me that you had a bank that credited your account each morning with $86,400. Every morning, you had $86,400 to spend. At the end of the day, whatever is left was wiped out. Nothing carried over to the next day, but every day the bank would put another $86,400 into your account. What would you do? What would you do with $86,400 a day? I'll tell you what, you what you would do. You would spend every last cent. You would. You would spend every last cent and you would use it to your advantage. It would be on things that you enjoy, things that you want to do. I promise you at $86,400 a day, you're not going to spend it on the things that you don't want to spend it on. You're going to spend it on the things that you want. Every morning, God credits you with 86,400 seconds. Every night, you lose whatever portion of this you fail to invest in a good purpose. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, 86,400 seconds will be given to your, your account again. And it carries over no balances. It allows no overdrafts. Each day it starts over new for you. And every day is 86,400 seconds. And if you fail to use the day's deposit, the loss is yours. And you can't blame anybody else because you control your life and your day. And there is no going back. There's no drawing against it tomorrow. Now listen, here's the thought behind that. We master our minutes or we become slaves to them. We use time or time uses us. For the first few years of my children's lives, I did not invest my time in what mattered the most. Most of the 86,400 seconds of each day were used up on things that I thought were meaningful. I had the best excuse ever to be busy. And nobody in this room had a better excuse than I had to be busy because I was building God's kingdom. I was already in ministry. And I was building God's kingdom. That's a wonderful excuse for somebody that is busy. But in reality, I wasn't building God's kingdom. I was building Rocky's ego is what I was doing. 
Because there was a time in my life when I needed somebody patting me on the back and saying, oh, you're great. You're going to do wonderful things in ministry. You're a great speaker. You're a great leader. I needed all that. And the only way that that would happen in my mind was that I had to be busy doing my father's business. I had to be building the kingdom of God. And I am so thankful that I figured this out, but I'm not going to lie to you. It almost cost me my marriage because I was not willing to see it. Because now it's hitting me. This year, this Sabbath, uh, th this month of July is more important to me than any other Sabbath we've ever had. And I'll tell you why. And some of you parents in the room, you're going to get this. You're going to understand it. Because this year, this summer, I'm realizing now more than ever that my time with Caleb and Kendall is extremely limited. Very limited. They're going into their senior year of high school and this next year is going to be one interesting year for Mandy and for me because um, we are going to have a lot of firsts in our lives as our twins are going to prepare to become adults. I'm not going to lie to you. You better be praying for us hard this year. But here's the one thing that I know. I may not get everything right as a husband. I may not get everything right as a parent. But I have learned my lesson. And spending time with them is not what I will get wrong. I promise you my priorities are right. And I offer no excuses for that. Back to Paul's word in Ephesians chapter 5. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. This month, your homework is make the best use of your time. Now, don't go to work and tell your boss, I, I need to take off this month. That's because I'm, I'm not doing that. You shouldn't do that either. You're going to get fired and then you're going to try and sue the church and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to. When you get off from work, make the best use of your time. Before you go to work, make the best use of your time. When there's other things that are trying their best to capture your time and they're demanding your time, this month, focus on what matters. And it's God, family, friends. That's what matters. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church for Life's Journey.